When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Is Draymond Green actually helping the situation or making it worse? Is he a genius or, you know, not exactly doing the smartest things in the world right now? It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance. We are also, of course, available on Sirius XM Channel 80 and on your smart speaker. No game last night. We... Would you do with no Yankee game? What'd you do with your free time? Uh, I didn't have any free time, Carlin. Uh, what I ended up doing was stuffing wedding invitations with my oh, fiance. Oh, you are in it. And yeah. that took about four hours. Yeah. So, yeah. That, you're in Guess it. Guess who's going to be responsible for getting them to the post office and getting them shipped out this week? Yeah. That would be me. Listen, that's just a bite the bullet situation. Is it, though? It is. I mean, we didn't have a it chance is. to have Diana weigh in on this one, but I'm pretty sure that she didn't make her fiancé, now husband, stuff wedding invitations. No, no, no. I, I got to be honest. I mean, I— Did uh, you stuff wedding invitations? I absolutely did. You did? I absolutely did. Okay. Yes. It's in, Earlier in the show, we were talking to Diana Rossini, ESPN's NFL insider, not just on everything NFL-related, but Chris over the weekend had a situation with uh, his wife where his— wife's bridesmaids were getting everybody uh, together to have a surprise dinner for his wife-to-be. I should say wife-to-be. Yep. And uh, Chris stayed for the dinner and kind of hung in the corner. And my contention was, and as Diana confirmed, would have been best for him not just to step out and enjoy the evening himself, but also the, the women that probably did not want you there. Yeah, Diana kind of hurt my feelings with that one. Now. No, no, she no, 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 no. She no, hurt no. my feelings because she said nobody wanted me there. No, it's, it's not if, a situation of they don't enjoy your company. You could have been anybody, but if you're not part of that group, you're not wanted there. I, I hear what you're saying. I'm just saying my, feel, my feelings were hurt because I tried to actually engage the group it was my first time meeting a couple of them, so I wanted to, you know, get to know them a little bit because yeah. these are the people that mean the most to her. And the fact that Diana said nobody wanted me there and the only thing that I could have done to help myself is to leave early and actually pick up the check, I don't know, makes me feel small. You are, com- you are coming down the stretch here over the last couple of months. Okay. And here's all I'm going to say. Just tread lightly. This, <laughs> this is all tread about <laughs> you just doing what you need to do to make sure everything is going to go off. I won't say stress-free, because that's that's just not realistic. It can't be stress-free. It can't be, no, no matter what you do. You could do everything yourself perfectly, wouldn't matter, wouldn't be stress-free, and understandably so. Just tread lightly. Don't be the cause of any problems. That's what you want to do here. Okay, so don't be the Draymond Green of my own exactly. engagement slash exactly. wedding? Exactly. Here's gotcha. what you don't want to do. You don't want to go on your own podcast and start talking about everything that your fiancé is doing wrong, like Draymond is talking about the <laughs> officials. Let's hear from Draymond on the Draymond Green show on the technical fouls that he has received. Nobody's paying to watch this stuff to see guys get thrown out of the game and you not see the game you want to watch. Like, 
And so I understand and agree. Like, yes, if there is something egregious, I'm going to get thrown out. As we know, I, I, nobody's sparing me. I never goes into it or after my first tech, like, oh, man, I got to tread carefully or walk lightly just to stay in the game. Like, because if I'm going to tread carefully and walk lightly, then I may as well get thrown out anyway. Because that's not going to help my team win. So I have to be me. Here's my problem with Traymond. You are, in, in essence, ensuring that they are going to just not just tighten up the calling, but put the vice around the game calling with Draymond Green in games three and four at the very least. The more that you talk about all of this stuff, and I think that from a Warrior perspective, yes, they need him to be himself, mm. and if he picks up a tech, okay. He cannot get tossed from either of these games. If Draymond gets tossed from either of these games, it really works against his team in the worst way. And to me, it's more important to have him on the court than to have him on the court at Draymond turned up to about a 12. Well, here's the thing. Draymond is the emotional leader of this team. Not to mention all of the different intangibles that he brings to the table. Not just his defensive prowess, but being able to initiate the offense, get out in transition, and be a playmaker for those shooters, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Jordan Poole. So, Draymond is important to what they do, especially in a series when you're going up against a physical defense like Boston. So when I hear those comments by Draymond Green, I think it's got to be one of two things. Either he's a genius or he's a complete idiot. And what I mean by that is this. Of course he's going to attract a lot more attention with his comments in the post-game press conference and his comments on his podcast. Adam Silver is huddling up with the officials at the NBA League office. They're talking about what Game 3 is going to look like, how they're going to call the game, looking at what happened in the first two games out in Golden State, and seeing if Draymond Green is crossing the line or crossing that threshold where the officials would be comfortable with him going. So I think that's one of the things that they're going to look at. But... I wonder to myself, by Draymond doing, the, doing this and it being so obvious, so blatant in terms of having the officials looking at him, it, it makes me think, is there a potential ulterior motive? And the only ulterior motive that I can think of, the only agenda that he could have beyond what's at face value is Draymond Green trying to take pressure off of the other teammates that he has as the series shifts mm. back to Boston. Now, I get that this is a team that has championship DNA, but coming into this NBA Finals, what was the conversation? How good is Steph Curry if he doesn't have a Finals MVP? Mm-hmm. You know, if Steph Curry, is Steph Curry going to be the best player on the court? What about Klay Thompson and all of his struggles and what's going on with him? Jordan Poole being a no-show up until the third quarter of Game 2. All of those things have been conversations that people have been having. But right now, the only conversation that people are talking about with the Golden State Warriors is Draymond Green and what the hell he's going to do in game three if he's going to act up, if he's going to get teed up. But if they don't win the championship, there are going to be plenty of fingers pointed at Steph Curry and at Klay Thompson because I'm assuming that if Golden State doesn't win the championship, Klay has continued to play poorly and Steph has not played at that suitable level to make everybody happy uh, where he would – Obviously, if they lose, he's probably not going to win the finals MVP unless he put up just absolutely ridiculous numbers over the last few games. But if they lose, you would assume that he has not played at a level that would have elevated his team. 
at that point. But if they lose, who cares? I mean, but they're going to be hammered for that as it is. And if but it's, not is about, it's not about being hammered for that if they lose. It's about doing everything you can right now to try to win this series. Right, I understand and get the that. Best, but, and get the best version of your teammates. But that's Draymond, I don't buy it as much because Draymond's been talking about KD too. And I think if he's trying to take the pressure off of Steph based on all of that conversation, I think we're, we're crediting him for reaching out into too many areas about trying – to help his team as opposed to just being But, but Carly, Draymond. everybody's talking about Draymond. Nobody is talking about Steph right now. Nobody. Who's talking about Steph Curry? The guy scored 63 points through the first two games. Is anybody talking about him? No. Nobody's talking about Steph Curry today. No. Nobody's talking about Jordan Poole today. Nobody's talking about how bad Klay Thompson was in game two. What was he, 4-19? Well, that's the and one. a complete no-show? That's the one. He had one. a zero plus minus and his team won by yep. 20. That's the one where you really have to look at it. And I can, make, I can understand that argument. But I think this is more about Draymond just not being able to help himself. I, I, I think he's an exceptionally smart guy. I really do. But I do well, think he, there are times if, when he gets in his own way. Well, if there is no ulterior motive, if there is no hidden agenda, then Draymond Green is a complete jerk. Because what he's doing is going to attract a ton of attention and a ton of eyeballs from league officials and from the referees in Game 3. And we know how important Game 3 is in, in a seven-game series. You're talking about Game 3, 82% of the teams that win Game 3 go on to win the series. So this is going to be huge, and this is on Boston's home turf. So if Draymond Green is going to attract that kind of attention from the refs to the point where he can't play with that edge and he can't be chippy with guys, then he's doing his team a tremendous disservice. Because to his point and to his credit, he acknowledged, if I can't go out there and and go right up to that line, then I'm not going to be an effective player for my team. And by what he's saying – it doesn't feel like the officials are going to give him that leeway in game three. See, I, yeah, I think he is making sure that he is not going to be an effective player for his team if he feels like he can't be the, uh, effective unless he goes right up to that line. So what should the Celtics do about it? It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Jeff Van Gundy posed that question by Zach Lowe on the Low Post podcast. Here is his answer. You either have to come to uh, the idea as a group that we're going to completely ignore Green, his antics and his disruptions, or we're going to confront him every single time he runs his mouth. And so I would try to get the earliest double T of all time. Could be at the jump ball. I would start Grant Williams maybe and have him just walk right over there and just start John, right? And then every time Green's running his mouth, turn and confront him. Which way are you going with this? I don't think you do anything to take you out of your element. Boston is the more physical team collectively in this series. Just continue to play basketball the way you know how. Now, when those moments pop up where there's a potential altercation with Draymond Green on the court, you don't have to, do, you don't have to back off. Because Draymond Green has already eliminated the benefit of the doubt going his way. So if you're a guy... So let it happen organically. It, it, it will happen because yeah. Draymond Green is just that kind of player. But I don't think you go in with the intention of trying to pick a fight with Draymond Green. It was almost like Jeff was describing there. You put your goons out on the ice to start the game and start the fight right away to get it over with. Yeah, but if you got guys that that's who they are, if that's their natural disposition. If you had a Dennis Robin, then that's okay. That's all well and good. But you don't. That's not how you play basketball. So I think they got to focus on doing what got them to this point 
and not necessarily trying to develop a game plan around how we're going to deal with Draymond Green playing head games. Chris Carlin, Chris Canty for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Cutting the price of your wireless bill feels good. Really good. Actually, it feels great. You should try it. So cut your bill by switching to Straight Talk Wireless. Now offering our $45 Silver Unlimited plan with 5 gigabytes of hotspot and nationwide 5G on America's largest, most dependable networks. The $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. A month equals 30 days. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Up next, what would you do for $125 million? And more importantly, what wouldn't you do? We'll discuss next. Canty and Carlin and for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. $125 million. Ooh. That's what Dustin Johnson decided to leave the PGA Tour for. He resigned this morning. And he will get that from the live tour. It's spelled L-I-V, but apparently it's pronounced live. We will get to that in just 60 seconds. Is it the live or the live, Bubba? I've heard both ways. And on my screen, it says live in addition to live. I think it's the live tour. Bubba, a lot of people uh, have it. Uh, but I said it's, it right. looks like it's pronounced live. No, it's, it's the live tour. It's, it's the live, live. tour. Yeah, it's we, the live we, tour. We, I, we we've are, corrected we can... it. It's not on your screen anymore. It's it's that says live. It's right on my uh, Google never, Doc. Clearly, no, you've never not. been to the Fountain Blue in South Florida. I've adjusted yes, that on the Google Doc a while ago. Then you should, wow. then you should okay. know it's the live tour. Yeah, refresh it. Come I on, didn't man. know I was going to have to refresh the Google Doc every five seconds. Uh, that was refreshed sure a long time ago. Other people for your shortcomings. All right, it's a live tour. I mean, twenty-five milli. You don't want to. You don't want to do this today, do you? You could live well with $125 million. <laughs> or I could live well with $125 million. Well, how do you live well? I don't know. Trying to be stupid and semi-funny. Well, I don't think you have working. to try. 
I really don't. Exactly. The miracle on ice, the helmet catch, the flu game, clutch moments like these that separate winners from the losers and me. So in a market sometimes down 16%, 50%, 92%, who's pulling off a win will look no further than this exciting market with a global value of $1.7 trillion, and it's only going to get bigger. In fact, experts predict it will grow by another $1 trillion in less than five years. Here's the cool thing. You don't have to be a baller or a team owner to get in on the action. All you need is a smartphone. It's not betting. This is way more impactful. Check it out. It's called Masterworks. They've already got over 400,000 members on their platform, and ESPN listeners get priority access to skip the wait list. Just go to masterworks.com, promo code Greeny. Masterworks.com, promo code Greeny. Masterworks.com, promo code G-R-E-E-N-Y. See important regulation A disclosures at masterworks.io slash CD. There is no guarantee of profits and investing that includes risk of loss. Whatever it's called, he took the 225 milli and resigned officially this morning from the PGA Tour. It's the Saudi-backed tour that we know about that has been catching so much attention and uh, negativity based off of the fact that it seems at times that there are some unsavory practices that are involved with uh, some of the people that are backing this tour. 125 million, uh, you know, apparently Greg Norman, who is running this tour, or is at least the face of this tour, yep. said the Tiger Woods turned down an absolutely absurd amount of money in the high nine figures. Phil Mickelson's getting $200 million. What is your take on all of this? Well, here's the thing, man. The money doesn't know where it came from. And if you're Dustin Johnson, who's made $75 million on the PGA Tour, this is a huge windfall for you. To get $125 million to be on the Live Tour, not to mention all of the sponsorships that you already have in place, I don't know that that's something that you can turn down. And a couple when, of which have dropped them, I mean, including well, RBC, RBC, which right. was a huge sponsor. So I don't want to minimize that, but right. it, it still is $125 million calling. I think you'll be okay. But then also you have to couple that with the fact that Dustin Johnson, because he's got the exemptions with the Masters, with the Open Championship, with the U.S. Open, and then as well as the PGA Championship, he's going to have an opportunity. Uh, he's going to have an opportunity to play in some of the bigger events, the the, the events that draw a lot of eyeballs against the best competition. So even though you don't have a lot of guys from the PGA Tour making the jump to the live tour, he's still going to have an opportunity to mix it up with the best golfers in the world. So for Dustin Johnson, I don't know where where the loss is in all of this. I guess the only thing that you could point to is maybe not being selected for the Ryder Cup because you got to be a member of PGA America. And if you're not on the tour, you're not a member. So I guess that would be the one thing that he couldn't do that most golfers would look forward to competing in. But other than that, I mean, he's going to have the opportunity to be at the majors, and he's going to have the opportunity to make a ton of cash. I don't know how you turn down that that right now. There has not been any indication as of yet that at Brookline, the USGA is going to say, no, you cannot take part in this. Uh, if you have resigned from the PGA Tour, they're obviously independent of each other. And as you're talking about, I, but I think I that's the big, Carlin, I think that's the bigger issue, though. Yeah. I think what those events do is going to dictate what other golfers do in the future. Because you got to believe that the Live Tour is not done trying to poach golfers from the PGA Tour. Oh, no. I mean, you're not already talking about Kevin Na and Sergio Garcia and Brandon Grace, other guys deciding to make that leap along with Phil Mickelson and Dustin Johnson. So 
I think a lot of players are in wait-and-see mode in terms of how this works out for DJ. But if it's a situation where all of those major events say, yeah, we're going to continue to allow you to play if you have those exemptions, then I, 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 could, I could see a world where you're talking about more golfers that have name recognition making the leap to the live tour. Look, I, I mean to the live tour. Shoot. I think it's in some instances it's incredibly easy to sit there and judge what somebody else is doing. And, and How can you begrudge a guy for getting $125 million? Because it's, people are going to look at that and say, well, look where he's getting it from. Is he getting it from something that, you know, in terms of human rights and all different kinds of issues that pop up when it comes to the Saudi did back? That, did that stop the NBA? That hasn't stopped anybody. Did that stop the anything? NBA? No, it I hasn't. I mean, think about what happened with Daryl Morey when he spoke out against what was happening in China a couple of years ago. He lost his job as the GM of the Rockets. I totally understand. He landed back on his feet, but the NBA continues to do business with China. Well, Chris, what I'm saying is that they, some people will judge them, some people won't. In this instance, when you look at, uh, you have to make your own decision in this spot, and I, I'm always hesitant to judge somebody here Mm. when when you're determining where you're allowed to go get your money from and where you're not. And that determines what your moral standing is in life and you're willing to sell out or not. Don't know all the intricacies of this thing. I, I, I would be very hesitant to judge anybody in this particular instance. And I would be very hesitant if I'm Dustin Johnson to turn down $125 yeah. million. Dollars. Yeah. That's life-changing money, Carlin. I mean, I get that he's got $75 million in tour earnings. million? I'm not judging him for that. That's $50 million more that he's going to earn on the Live Tour than he earned in his 15 years on the PGA Tour. Yep. Come on, man. Listen, I'm not judging him for it. Yeah, so I, I I don't understand the crowd that's saying, well, yeah, shame on Dustin Johnson for doing this. I get that it's unconventional. I get that there might be some shady actors involved in all of this, and it might make certain people blush or be uncomfortable about where some of the funding is coming from. But ultimately, this is about a guy doing what's in the best interest of his career and what's in the best interest of his family. Here's it's a- hard to argue against that with the decision that DJ made. And here's the other thing. If it goes well for DJ, I could see other golfers making that decision. Oh, there's no doubt. And you're right. They will absolutely come after them more. They will, they will try to wipe the PGA out altogether. Yeah. I don't think there's any question about that. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. And now a no-frills ad brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Here it is. You could save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive. That's it. See, just a good old-fashioned, straightforward ad. See if you could save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or at Progressive.com. Up next, the names that will be heard over the next month and a half as we lead to the MLB trade deadline and something that is happening with one team right now that is putting it up there with one of the all-time greats. Buster Olney joins us in moments to provide context on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Greeny, the podcast. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The 
playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Chris and I are talking about Tampa. The Rays are just absolutely remarkable. And we gotten to the point where they are not just the best run in the majors, but one of the best run organizations in professional sports, considering what they continue to do year after year, and then seemingly getting away from players at the right time every time. Yeah, the thing that made me think about it was Blake Snell, who was a Cy Young Award winner down in Tampa a couple of years ago, and then Tampa cuts bait with him. He goes and he shows up with the Padres. He gets shelled last night by the Mets and Eduardo Escobar, but I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, like this is a guy that we touted as one of the best young pitchers in all of baseball, and now I, I, he, he doesn't even resemble the guy we saw down in Tampa. Look, unbelievable. The, the Yankees are running away with it, as we know right now. Yeah, yeah. But the Rays are still, I mean, if you want to call it this. The Rays are going to be in the playoffs. And they're hanging around. The, Ray, mean, the it, Rays are going to be in the playoffs, Carlin. Eight games in June, okay, sizable, but not. Certainly not a mountain that you couldn't climb. And I got to tell you, like, even though the Blue Jays are seven back, like, that would bother me more if I were the Yankees. Like, wait a second. We are 39 and 16 or whatever at mm-hmm. this point. Mm-hmm. 39 and 15. And we, we don't, we're only ahead of the race by eight. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing <laughs> the Yankees are spending 247 million dollars in payroll. Do you know what the Rays are spending? I'm going to take Eight, $86 million, wow. Carlin. Good for 25th in Major League Baseball. They're down there with teams like the Marlins, the Pirates, the A's, and the Orioles. That, that's where the Rays are with spending. It's, it's unbelievable how this team finds a way to be able to retool, finds a way to be able to get more out of guys that are usually looked at as cast-offs around the majors. It, it really is special what they've been able to develop. And, and – we look at last year, right? We talk about the Yankees, oh, they strike out too much. Well, the Rays struck out more than anybody, and they hit a ton of home runs, but they also scored more runs than anybody, and it wasn't just about home runs with, Ray, with the Rays. They're also exceptional at finding guys who are good in the clutch. It's amazing that that's the case. No question about it. But if you're a Yankees fan, you got to feel good where you're at right now. We're 39-15 and 15 through a third of the season. And we're talking about having the best record in the league. Look, they are absolutely rolling right now. If you gave me the opportunity, if I'm the Rays, to say that they're going to catch the Yankees, this is the one year I actually would be a little bit skeptical of that. I don't think they will. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny, coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck on Pier 17. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Buster Olney joins us in just moments. Nature Valley has helped restore access to 10,000 miles of national park trails 
and counting because everyone deserves to experience what's out there, like your kids, their kids, and even their kids' kids. So head over to your local park trail to see for yourself. Nature Valley. Life happens out there. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, ESPN MLB insider Buster Olney joins us. He, of course, the host of the Baseball Tonight podcast. Buster, it's Chris. And Chris, we appreciate the time. How you doing? I'm doing great. I love listening to you two guys. You guys work well together, let me tell you. I appreciate that very much, Buster. Get the word out. Thank you. Um, so let's start with the Yankees and what's going on right now. The fact that they have had this season that they have so far is right up there with what they accomplished in 1998 so far, with what the 2001 Mariners uh, accomplished, getting uh, having the best record all time with 116 wins. How do you look at the Yankees right now in terms of the context of history and the pace that they're on? As a scary team. And look, I covered the 98 Yankees for the the New York Times. I'm not ready to put them on that pedestal yet because when I look at this year's team, the the one thing that uh, we've seen so far is that whole question of if they stay healthy, they've been generally remarkable, right? I I mean, to run out all those starting pitchers, Jamison Tyon, with his injury history, he's been out there rock solid. Same thing with Luis Severino. Uh, you know, the depth in that group has been tremendous. They've been able to overcome the injuries they've had on the, and issues they've had with their bullpen. And here's what should be really, really scary for the other teams in the American League East is that when you look at this team and say, okay, here are the potential problems, they're fixable. It's not like you're saying they need a number one starter and where do you find somebody like that? You've got issues with Joey Gallo and his offense. You've got issues with Aaron Hicks and his offense. You can go find those pieces. You can call the Kansas City Royals and say, hey, you know, what do you want for Andrew Benintendi? Uh, That's pretty frightening for the other teams. Uh, But the Yankees off to just a phenomenal start. Aaron Judge, big bet on himself paying off so well. Buster, this is shaping up to be a summer to remember in New York sports, especially when you consider what both the Yankees and the Mets are doing, leading their respective leagues in terms of overall record. The Mets going out west in the month of June is usually where things fall apart for them, but that's not the case. They get the split against the Dodgers, and then they get their three games set against the Padres off to a great start by being able to beat up on Blake Snell and Eduardo Escobar hitting for the cycle. I got to ask you, how exactly are the Mets doing this, and how does this look for them in terms of being able to get this thing ready for a championship run? Well, there's no question they're benefiting from the depth uh, that you're going to get when you spend the kind of money that Steve Cohen spends, right? For years, uh, with Mets ownership, we always wondered, would they you know, put out the extra dollars to get the, you know, the fill out the bottom of the lineup to plug in holes? That hasn't been an issue. And so, you know, Mark Canna, Eduardo Escobar, those guys aren't superstar players, but they're really good major leaguers. And that depth has especially helped out um, with the rotation that they put together. Go, you know, go trade, uh, make the trade for Bassett. So during this time since Max went down, Scherzer, uh, they're 13-5. and five. <laughs> I mean, think about that. They don't have Jacob DeGrom pitching. They don't have Max Scherzer pitching. And they've won 13 of their last 18 games. You know that when we get close to the trade deadline, uh, Steve Cohen's going to Tell them, tell Billy Epler, we'll give you what you need. And there's no doubt, and Chris, you know far more about this than I do. 
it's clear that they have a great culture to the point that uh, last week when Jacob deGrom was at City Field and, and uh, rejoining his teammates as he resumed his throwing program in New York, what the takeaway was from people who talked with him was he can't wait to join this group. Like, he can't wait to be a part of what they have because they're having a blast. And all these great uh, you know, veteran players that they added, Buck Showalter, the coaching staff, it's a fun team. Buster Olney, ESPN Baseball Insider, and of course, the Baseball Tonight podcast. If you're a baseball fan, it is what you have to listen to every single morning. Buster, I want to hit on Judge just for a second, because this is a discussion that I think is going to be very interesting as this season goes along. The Yankees have basically structured a lot of what their contract offers were around the fact that Aaron Judge, being a New York Yankee, is a lot more valuable to you than being somewhere else. So I asked this question, and it may even seem strange. How much more valuable is it for Judge at this point to spend the rest of his career as a Yankee, not in terms of dollars and cents, but just the possibility of going somewhere else and still being Aaron Judge, so to speak? Right, because you could sign with another franchise. Uh, maybe there's an owner out there who's going to be willing to give uh, Judge you know, more money than the Yankees are willing to offer, but because he's going to be so expensive, it's going to cut into what else the team can do. The Yankees, generally speaking, you know, will have a lot of great players. Um, Aaron knows that if, as long as he's with this team, he's going to have a chance to win. They hadn't had a losing season in about 30 years. You know, that, that means something, uh, you know, having an opportunity to be in the playoffs. That all said, the fact that he turned down an offer that when you talk to folks on the union side, when you talk to agents, you talk to, you know, general managers, they felt that the Yankees' offer was fair. Uh, it, they didn't, you know, the Yankees didn't come in and try to blow them away, but they didn't, uh, you know, go short with an embarrassing offer like the Red Sox did with Xander Bogarts either. Uh, you know, the, the Yankees came in, made a fair offer, and Aaron Judge like, no, I think I can do a lot more. And the way he's going right now, my goodness. <laughs> the fact that we're going to spend the last two months of the season, it appears, talking about whether or not he's going to hit 60 home runs, that price tag's only going to go up, and his bet on himself is going to turn out to pay off really well. Buster, let's go across the country to the Angels. Back on May 24th, this was a team that was 10 games over 500. Today they find themselves two games under 500 and out of the wild card picture. They had a 12-game losing streak, and Shohei Otani has really been the face of it. He's batting over that span 179, not to mention he's pitching to a 9 ERA. Just exactly how does Joe Madden get things turned around in Southern California? He needs a hero to step up and stop the bleeding on a given day. Uh, and it's not only Otani, but Mike Trout, who's going to end his career as you know, considered to be either the first or second greatest player of all time. Willie Mays would be my other guy. Uh, he, he, you know, up until last night, he'd been in an over 26 streak. It's been a complete and total collapse. You always hear stories about Artie Moreno, their owner, and how he just is absolutely enraged by situations like this. I cringe when I think about, you know, the reaction that the front office, the staff is getting from Artie during this time, because it did look like uh, two weeks ago that this would be a team that was finally worthy of trout that would have enough depth. And all of a sudden you look at the pitching staff, they have absolutely folded up, uh, you know, the injuries that they've had, you know, uh, with Ward, uh, with Anthony Rendon going down with a wrist injury, 
It's been a big problem, and it's to the degree now when you look at the American League standings, guys, there's a real chance that four of the six American League playoff teams are going to come out of the East with the way the Angels have collapsed. Wow. Buster Olney joining us. With that in mind, we were having this debate before the show. We know that Mike Trout is a guy that's very understated, and the way things have gone here, naturally the discussion is going to come up when you look at other sports like the NFL, like the NBA, that players, when they get in a situation and they're not winning for a long time, end up forcing their way out. Is that just not Mike Trout, Buster, in terms of his personality, or is that something that eventually he's going to have to look at? It definitely is not Mike Trout. Uh, He is someone, he reminds me of a player that I covered early in the time I was uh, covering baseball, and that's Tony Gwynn. I think he values what he has. He's not someone who's always looking over the fence and saying, hey, you know, there's a better deal here. There's more money there. Uh, When there are all the questions about whether or not he'd sign long-term with the Angels, I assumed he would because he, you know, liked where he was, enjoyed the, the, you know, the, the organization, but at some point, this is something to remember. He's also a really competitive cuss. <laughs> like, he is a guy who really wants to win. The stories from his family, from his teammates about, you know, pickup basketball games or, you know, horse contests or board games are legendary. And I've wondered about this. Like, they're trying to put together this winning team. At some point, I do think if it doesn't happen uh, with the Angels – that Mike will have a conversation with the organization and say, look, I, I want to win. It's not that time now because clearly they're spending money and they're trying to make it happen. But if he gets into his mid-30s, wouldn't shock me. Buster, I'm about to marry a Chicago in this summer, so it's requisite that I ask you about what's going on with one of the local baseball teams there. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Wrigleyville with the Cubs catcher, Wilson Contreras. Do they end up getting an extension done with him, or is this a situation where they're going to look to move him before the deadline? No, I think he's out the door. Uh, from what I understand, there's a sense in that negotiations that he's looking for money uh, along the lines of what J.T. Real Mioto got from the Philadelphia Phillies, which is fair. He's a terrific offensive catcher, but I don't think the Cubs are going to be the team that gives him that contract. So I think they will move him. Here's the difficulty in moving a catcher uh, is that has to be a specialty market, right? It's like having a Lamborghini to sell. Not everyone's going to be involved in that conversation. You have to actually have a contender that has needed that position. You know, maybe the Mets look at their catching and they get involved. Maybe the Yankees look for an offensive upgrade. Um, the other factor is a lot of teams that are contenders think that bringing a catcher on board midseason can be difficult in terms of running your staff. You look at the Yankees as an example. Their pitching is tremendous. The catchers are doing a great job. Why would you necessarily blow that up? Which is why I think one uh, possibility for Contreras is some team – says, you know what, we're going to have you basically be our backup catcher, catch a third of the games, and then we're going to use you as a DH. He's that good of an offensive player, and I do think they'll get value for him in a midseason trade. Buster, last one, and this is just around a, a situation that might get a little bit uglier here in the next few days. Uh, five Tampa Bay Rays players have uh, sparked some anger because they – refused to wear the Pride logo on their uniforms when they had Pride Night on June 4th for the LBGTQ uh, community. So with that being the case, uh, what is your read on this situation and how this is going to play out here? 
Yeah, I'm curious to see if other teams will do what the Rays did. Um, you know, what, what people have told me, that was optional. If I'm a team, <laughs> I'm giving the players uniforms, and here's the, the uniform you're wearing for today. And if you're not going to wear the organization's uniform, then you know what? we got some things to talk about. Um, you know, when I read about what happened the other day, I just uh, that to me was the big mistake in this one. Uh, and I, I don't think you can come out as, uh, you know, one of the Rays players did the other day and say, look, we want to make everyone feel included and also say I'm not going to wear the logo. That seems kind of, kind of, kind of ridiculous. Buster, appreciate the time. Great insight as always. Check out the Baseball Tonight podcast every single morning. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. See you guys. Buster only with us, ESPN MLB Insider. All right, we've got a, a couple of little pieces of some uh, breaking news that we should get to. First of all, Tiger Woods has uh, let it be known just moments ago through Twitter that he will not be participating uh, in the U.S. Open in Brookline. Says his body still needs time to heal. He said he had previously uh, let the USGA know that he would not be there and is still hoping to play in at the, the Open, Open Championship. Yeah. Yeah, that was always the plan for him to play at the Open Championship. So we'll see what happens in the next month or so across the pond, um, gearing up for that. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, Tiger Woods being a part of golf, we all know how huge of an impact that is. He's a guy that not only moves the needle, as one person put it, he is the needle. So Tiger Woods being a part of it, we'd love to see it, but we certainly don't want a repeat of what we saw in Tulsa. Now, and you just need to see him at his best. Or at least as close to what his best looks like now. And I think we all get excited when he starts well, but then for a day or two, and then it kind of falls off because he just doesn't have the stamina at that point. Yep. And listen, when you're going to Which is understandable given what he went through. They were talking about amputating his leg. Absolutely. So we understand that. And and hopefully you'll be able to see a much better Tiger uh, when it comes to the Open Championship. And then there's this from the Bears. The Bears had to cancel their organized team activity practice originally scheduled for today after they had live contact in practices in May. (laughs) NFL pre-A representatives were at uh, Hallis Hall for a practice last month. And as a result, they saw, uh, not as a result, but when they were there, they witnessed some on-field contact. So they issued a warning and continued to monitor uh, Bears practices by requesting practice video, and they saw more contact. So the Bears getting in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, the Bears are getting involved, and they got a young football team, and they're trying to develop a lot of young players. So I get why they would have lively practices, even though they don't have shoulder pads on. But, Carlin, I will say this, because I spent over a decade in the National Football League. There have been some teams that I've played on. There have been some head coaches that I've played for where during OTAs and minicamp, I would have preferred to have shoulder pads on just because of the contact level that you're going through. It, it, I mean, it, it really was no difference in those practices versus what we saw in the regular season. I would have preferred to have shoulder pads on just so I have more protection because the speed that they're pushing you to play at during those drills, I mean, it's uncomfortable when you're taking a helmet to the shoulder when you don't have on actual shoulder pads. Ooh. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.